So yeah, so I have that. I have a uh, Sotheby's. Oh yeah, Sotheby's piece. Um, up I saw that. Yeah, how have we not <laughs> talked about this yet? <laughs> so that's on the twenty seventh. That that uh, and we'll see what happens there, which is exciting. Nifty Gateway on the twenty fourth of May, and then yeah, and then uh, that's your Genesis Nifty Gateway drop, right? Yeah, first Nifty Gateway drop. Wow, so, that's yeah. right up your alley too, because like making an entire collection is like your jam. So that's gonna mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I think I'm going to uh, expand off of, I think I'm going to use Ventures kind of as the road. And because um, I think Ventures could work really well as additions and I haven't really done any additions uh, for Ventures yet. So uh, that could be fun. And then hopefully play around with some new tricks or, or something within the series. And I'm stoked, you know, like it's always been like, well, Sotheby's and Nifty Gateway are definitely two big bucket list things for sure. So a lot's coming together all at once. Um, and then I'll probably go relatively quiet over the summer to build back up that demand a little bit. But um, yeah, it's going to be a busy season these next couple of months. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs. And that's Nifty. That's Nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place. To talk about the crypto space And that's nifty That's nifty That's nifty Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday Damn, that's nifty Hello, hello Hey Ryan, how's it going? What's up, man? Happy holidays Yeah, same <laughs> to you <laughs> For a second, like when you guys hit me up, I thought like I was like, "Am I really going to be the 69th episode on 420?" But then you guys had another episode earlier this week. I was like, <laughs> "If that would have lined up, man, it might have broke the internet." <laughs> indeed, indeed, good, good, good to meet you guys for real. You as well. I'm Tyler, by the way, and Larry. What's up, Tyler? What's up, Larry? Yeah. Uh, now, now that I'm thinking about it, this just the fact that the 69th episode dropping on 420 was a possibility, and we missed it. Like, that bad. We're just so dumb. That was a such a miss. I'm realizing it in real time when you brought that up. It's like God. Seriously. Um, well, dude, thanks for taking some time. And um, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not sure how how closely you follow, but typically we, you know, we just kind of you know shoot the shit and and just kind of freestyle from there. But um, yeah, I mean, quick turnaround. I appreciate you joining. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I remember like you guys were one of the first really like NFT podcasts, like really what that was around back in the day, you know, like back in the day. Like <laughs> before Twitter spaces and people blew up and whole built whole media brands and shit like that. Like <laughs> it was y'all. Yeah. Love it. We've been following your work for a while too. I remember seeing um you brought my eyes to Block Party. I had never seen that platform before. So I was definitely checking that out when it was first coming out. And those are like super high res like deep dive images that you were creating like you can really go in there how big was that image that you released yeah i mean at the 404 series i, I tend to do them between like uh eight and like 10k and, and it's cool because it's like there actually is a lot of detail it's like it's not like i'm just rendering because that size because it sounds cool like with that kind of glitch effect you get like all these cool little micro compositions within it and then even to the point like where like with the latest 404 drop that happened earliest month on the fourth like i kind of turned that into its own subsection kind of like the third tier which i called fragments you know because like there was all these really cool crops uh within the originals and like there's still like a, a like a, an airdrop play where if you collect every fragment um of like a certain piece, then you get the, then you get the full, full stack of it too. But yeah, I re- that's something that I really enjoy about that series. Like, you know, I think like four four is about kind of discovery. Um, and yeah, the effects are just gnarly. So it's, it's fun. Like just, just click and render and just sitting back for like 12 to 24 hours and see what comes out. I can remember that like zooming in and like moving it around my screen and thinking every one of these could be its own image. Like it really is mind blowing. I, I love the work. I appreciate that for real. I actually own one of your pieces, but on Tezos, uh, Captain oh. Crunch, I believe. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like, dude, Tezos is, um, Tezos was so much fun. Like, honestly, like that was one of my, like, I feel like my experience last year in uh, particularly like 
in early summer last year was like some of the most fun I've had in like NFTs ever. Like the money was kind of taken away from it really. Like it, there was still money to make like a decent kind of like living, but like it wasn't like ETH money, you know what I mean? And I think that made it a lot of fun in the same way. Like I remember like I would just like buy and sell a lot, like pretty much after every drop, I would like put back like 25% in just to like collect in my friend's work. And um, a lot of really good artists were on there. It was just like, it was like, like coming up to like the record store and just like, hanging out for a while um yeah yeah the ui and stuff didn't work that well at that time but um <laughs> it was a, that that almost made it fun <laughs> you know so. that's what i think too it's like it had like such an underground vibe to it where it was like kind of janky and you knew it wasn't going to work and that was kind of okay sometimes but mm-hmm. that's when i got into in the in the summer that's when i started buying stuff on hinge so i just the platform's so much fun like tezos in general i know a lot of stuff's on object now but um it's still the same kind of vibe. I feel like. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well also like it really allowed some people to make like a name for themselves, you know, like I think you saw like shock of blood and like kid eight um, and a couple of artists like really like make a name for themselves on Tezos. And when they were kind of like, they like it, they weren't really having the big initial results initially on, on, on ETH. And I think that was part of like when they like came into the space. Like I think if you came into NFTs really like in October or, and you were a heavy hitter like October through like January, you had like a much better chance of having that like rock solid start. But then like for the guys that entered in like February through May, it, it was, it became more difficult, you know? So um, it was really cool, like watching their progression and seeing like what they've done coming off of Tezos and then just going back to ETH and absolutely crushing it. Yeah. It's always cool to see that crossover. And Tyler was, I, I, I don't, I think I have a wallet set up, but I, I just am too hesitant to dive in because I don't, think I have the time that I know Tyler takes to put into surfing, um, to put it one way. But so dude, did you, when did you start, uh, with NFTs or when did you like conceptualize it? Cause like what I typically do just with anyone that, you know, I come across on, on like Twitter, I'll be like, okay, when did they join? And I think I saw yours was like March, 2020. Um, was that around the time that you got introduced to NFTs or what was the, I guess that onboarding story? No, I think, well, like if, if you're talking about Twitter, like when I joined Twitter, it was probably, I think I, I joined March 2020 just because I wanted to follow like the, the political nonsense that was going on, you know, like it's quite um, the show. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite the show. And I was like, and like, I hadn't really played around on Twitter, but like, you know, that's right, right when like the lockdowns and stuff started happening, like COVID like really started to hit and like had more time at home. So like, yeah, downloading Twitter was one of those things. I didn't really use it that much really until NFTs, like even though I downloaded in March 2020, I really started using it probably January 1st of, of 2021. And that's kind of when I started to get into NFTs, you know, like I, um, I think my first mints were in January. Oddly enough, though, like I didn't know what I was doing. So my Genesis works were minted onto a custodial wallet that Maker's Place uses for collecting because I signed up as a collector slash artist. Uh, and then Amazing. like work. And those works actually sold. So all those works sold. And then like, <laughs> they like had to go and, and burn them and then remint them. So like on the blockchain, my first sale started in February, even though like actually they <laughs> happened in January. <laughs> so, so. That's a cool story though. It's all like, it's on the blockchain. Now you can always go back and see that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, we started in, uh, that's when I made my Twitter was in January, I think of 2021. And that's when it kind of picked up for us. And it's just been a whirlwind, man. It's, <laughs> I can't even describe it. This has been the longest and the shortest year of my life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it moves so fast. It's ridiculous. Um, it's so much, I mean, I, I love it, you know, coming over from like Instagram or even like not even being crazy social, you know, before, you know, I, I was doing more, way more like client work and stuff before, like in comparison to, um, social media, you know, and, uh, yeah, really the NFT kind of space, was just so much fun. I feel like I just dove in completely and now it's just like its own behemoth. And, um, I really do enjoy like every minute of it. Like every day is different. Like I love and hate the drama, (laughs) but it, but it's a lot of fun. And also just the communication it's, it's allowed between like, um, peers, collectors, everybody that's all into the same thing. Like I've never seen this level of like, like immersion within like my kind of like peer group, um, from like, whether you're a creator or just into the same stuff that I am, like that I have in the last like year and a half. So it's been honestly been, been a blast. It's the most fun I've had on the internet, to be honest. So. I think I could agree with that too. And it's like, you know, I, I'm a pretty introvert, introverted person just in general. I'm like, you know, we got our, our, our group of friends that we're pretty tight with. Um, but like just, you know, sharing that common interest and just kind of, you know, you don't know why, you know, you're looking at, 
pictures of like aliens at 3 a.m like checking the floor <laughs> price but you don't know how you got here but just like the common thread of like just the interest in like the entry point and like the, the, the concept of everything um you know and just being like shooting someone a dm and just like asking a question and just how everyone's been open or just doing a trade with someone that you've never met and just like sending eth to a wallet and <laughs> and just like blind trust but um I, I could probably honestly say that i've never had that type of uh you know connection to a community or a bigger group of people like that so it for sure brings it um but uh, i was gonna i was gonna uh, compliment you too actually now that i think of it on your your website because it's very professionally done uh, i work in uh, healthcare recruiting and i noticed your linkedin page on uh your website along with your instagram and, and maybe your twitter um so i'm, I'm assuming and honestly like i don't think we had much prior knowledge like your um client work or what you were doing before so um i guess what was your kind of background before you um or, or even now just like with client work and you know what type of yeah now i'm full-time nft really like i do some consulting stuff so like but very lightly and, and a lot of that is, is transitioned into like nft kind of consulting you know and um but if we wind it way way back uh to the old days of 2020 12 getting out of college I, I went to college actually like on a baseball scholarship and um Shit. I studied political side, science because I thought I was wanting to be a lawyer but then I realized that's not what I want to do at all <laughs> pretty much immediately when I left so I had to figure out what the fuck I want to do with my life and um I always knew I wanted to do something creative you know I think initially um I thought I would do something music you know I did like a lot of music recording stuff growing up um, I think a lot of artists kind of have some sort of dabblings within music. I don't know. Maybe we all want to be super famous as up on, up on a <laughs> stage at Coachella or something, but, uh, but no, like, so it kind of started there, um, after I got out of college and that really led me into honestly, like probably 2013 is when I found like Beeple's VJ clips, you know? And then I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I asked like, how is this made? I ended up getting a crack of cinema 4D. Um, and it was like pretty much right away I was like oh this is like this just works with my head better you know like I was able to like like yeah my early stuff everyone's early stuff sucks but like my stuff didn't suck that bad and it kind of was like oh it, like it came a lot easier and then like it was like okay like I've, I've I think I have this backwards you know I think like I've I, I for some reason I think I've always wanted to like make like things that like sound cool but I, I'm a much more visual person if I really go back through like my general life and then yeah. And then packed up camp, moved up from LA to New York with no job and really at all. But I had like a small little personal portfolio that I built up, like just from like doing like, cause I would work like odd jobs and then um, also do tutorials. Like before those odd jobs, like, you know, I'd go to Starbucks and do tutorials and like built up this like little mini portfolio um, and a little mini website. And then uh, and I'm getting a job at the mill as like a runner, which is basically like, just like your entry level position there um and actually got started really quick because i got to see like how like the whole kind of the mill is like a big um like kind of post-production uh post-production studio for um the effects and and mostly for commercials um but they also have like a film division so i saw like how all that stuff worked and i even got to do like some of my first like little mini jobs you know and, and got to see them on tv and i was like oh that's really rad um <laughs> And then, yeah, that transitioned into like a, I worked at a smaller studio called Art Jail, who's super nice to me. And that's really where I got like my, like earned my stripes, you know, because I had a lot more hands-on experience. It was kind of like junior designer, the normal designer. Um, and it was owned by an artist, much smaller studio too. So like when I had downtime, um, I was able to do like my own, like kind of personal projects and shit, like uh, which put out on Instagram that ended up getting me a job at Tool of North America, which like was a transition from VFX and post-production to experimental design, um, which use a lot of the same tools. It was just more, a lot, a lot more like creative concepting uh, and then also working for like physical events, which was a lot of fun. Um, and did a lot of that, like was, we were kind of crushing it before the lockdowns happened. You know, we just, we did like Coachella in 2019, the, the, the dome, they have like a dome projection there, which was really rad. And then I did, we did like San Diego Comic-Con uh, that summer, which was also really rad. Um, and then, yeah, and then COVID happened. <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, went back into freelance kind of stuff uh, for the effects and design, which was lucky because honestly, like that stuff was popping. Like, like yeah. that was like the only type of production that was around. Um, and then NFTs kind of came along. It was like, this is way more fun. <laughs> <I'm gonna stay laughs> here. Just ride the wave. There's a common thread there. It's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And it just happens to be the right thing at the right time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, lucky. I mean, also like, 
don't know, as creatives, like we, we all take risks and I think you have to be willing to, to dive in. And if you really enjoy the space that you're in, it's, it's a lot easier to do that. For sure. So what was your approach, I guess, in the early days to when, you know, you can almost treat your, you know, NFTs as, you know, um, commissioned work in a way, you know, you're commissioning yourself. Um, what was your mindset and how has it changed just in terms of like how you structure, you know, drop to drop or, or how you release your content? And, and then also like what you do put out, like, what, did you have like a, a, you know, a common base theme or besides <laughs> minting out of a collector's wallet, uh, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Uh, I guess, how have you kind of evolved like your mindset and I guess, where did it start? Um, yeah. No, I mean, well, first off, yeah, I think like everybody else had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, this looks No fun. one had any any idea. <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, I think like I was lucky because like I had really since like 2016, I had been doing kind of like these personal works and personal series. Um, so when 2021 came along, it was like, oh, I have this like library of, of, of artwork that's honestly perfect for NFTs. And um, I got to use that to kind of experiment and, and dabble, you know, kind of with my older catalog. And then... Um, you know, a lot of those like got picked up and had sales pretty quickly. You know, and I think like at first it was like, okay, cool. Like this will kind of like be a good, I used it as a tool while I was kind of transitioning out of doing some client work, you know, like I, I was booked out really from really until like April. Um, so I had to, I was doing like this kind of like crossover before I went into, into going to full-time NFT. And then, um, but yeah, I think like over time, like it, it's just the whole space has evolved. Like back when I got in, it was like one of ones, like Maker's Place was rocking. Um, and they makerspace is great to me. And then also like got to do stuff with block party, um, got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think like it, it went from one of ones to kind of collections in summer, um, which was honestly way more like my style. Like I, I love tackling collections like four fours, it's its own broader collection. Simpler times is its own broader collection. Uh, Ventures is its own broader collection. Like that's just more of my style of, of creating. Like I like to create like, larger collections instead of just like here is a very 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 unique one of one and this is going to take me two weeks to make you know like I'm much better at doing like oh I'm going to take two days to do one work from a collection and then just kind of repeat that and kind of keep on diving down that rabbit hole um so yeah I think like it was really nice having work to experiment with and then now I'm kind of at the point where it's like I like to kind of have stuff structured and have it structured like a while off you know and, and kind of think like, okay, like I, I, it's really like, you have to be able to kind of play the vibe of the market, you know, and, and pivot to like, oh, it's not a great time to release or like, I maybe I should rush this now because everything's pumping. But um, I do like to create some separation between drops, you know, and I do like to kind of create added demand, like have demand build up. So like when I do have a drop, it's like, I know there's people that want my work, you know? And I mean, that's kind of what happened with 404. I did the last drop, the first initial drop on a block party. And then I waited over a year um, to do the, the second drop, which I did just through Manifold and, and OpenSea, you know, and it was like, okay, here, I'm going to build up demand for this project. So then when it releases, um, people are going to be stoked and they want to jump in. I think like if you over mint, uh, like, or if you kind of like over exceed your demand, like that's, that becomes really difficult and really hard to recover from. Like, I really do try to make sure that I'm essentially sold out. Like, um, by the time a drop is done and I, and I try to just, just range it in between. So, so yeah, that's kind of like my strategy and approach. And then, um, yeah, really just looking, I mean, really, I mean, it, things seem totally different, but I'm very excited where things are at right now. Cause I feel much more comfortable, um, in the space and how I approach it after a year. So that manifold contract might be the coolest typeface I've seen of any of the other creators they've made the contract for that 404 contract looks so fucking cool. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, uh, it's fun. Like, I, there's like an ASCII kind of generator that's not like the one that they recommend, but it's like basically one where you can just import like your image. So basically just did it like, just did a little design and just cranked the settings and um, yeah, those are fun. Honestly, like that was one full like on ASCII. Yeah, I think it looked awesome, man. Thanks, I appreciate that. So uh, I just stemming off of kind of, you know, the way that you release things I, I you know was just kind of looking through the collections a little bit but then also just looking at your your, your numbers man in in like honestly congrats on on like the success and you can tell that you have you know your wherewithal from like a marketing perspective a timing perspective and a business perspective just listening to you talk um and 
you know, it's not always about numbers when it, when it you know, comes to, you know, collecting art. Um, but when you look at NFTs and you see like the production that you, you have put in, like it comes through and, and it, it, it's validated listening to you talk about it because there's so much that goes into it. You're not just creating, you actually have to do a whole mm. cycle. And if you're working by yourself, it's so many things to think about. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're thinking more about just yourself, you know? So it's like, like people are buying my work and, um, a lot of people get it because they're my friends or they want to like keep it or they're collectors that have a longer term time horizon, but every once in a while, like someone needs to sell it or someone just wants to, to flip it. And like, I want to create a structure where hopefully that's possible for them to do, you know, and, and kind of like, I, I think in general with NFTs, you want to like find a balance of where you're, you're not taking more than you're giving back, you know? And I think like having like some wherewithal of your pricing and, and your kind of supply and, and demand is really important for trying to onboard new collectors or, or respect current, like current collectors, um, that have invested in you. Like, even like, like, I don't make like hyper massive sales normally, but like someone puts down two ETH, that's like six grand. That's a lot of money. And I, and I respect that. That's like, even for high earners, like that's like a full, like week, week and a half work of, of pay. And like, for them to put that back into me, I, I definitely want to respect that and kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not get too greedy, like thinking like that we're still early, be smart, you know, and, and also kind of have uh, a good social presence and keep making my shit like, and keep building. Cause like, I, I think like, this is, I don't plan on stopping ever, you know, really, <laughs> in the near future. So yeah. Yeah. And it's just being se- semi-calculated, you know, I, I'm not like crazy rigid, but like, I think you have to have a plan uh, going into the space and it's helped me a lot, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's spot on. You have to have a plan, but also be agile enough because the space moves so fast that it can trash your plans with no second thoughts, like in three weeks. So yeah, like when open editions were like all the rage, you know, like back in, yeah, back back in like early Nifty Gateway. And then like all of a sudden, like open editions were- Scarcity, what about scarcity? (laughs) Yeah. And now we've got a 180 where they're like, well, I want to open it up to a bigger collector base so they can, you know- Mm -hmm more people can have an entry point into these like blue chip artists who like, you can't afford any of their work, obviously, unless they do an open edition. So full circle all the time. Yeah. I mean, supply and demand. It, it's, it's just like, I think you probably have maybe one or two open editions that you can ever do in your career or like, or at least once a year, you can only do like one open edition a year. And then, um, yeah. And then you can probably rock it. I mean, I got, I'm stoked to got an X copy. I also got a, a drift, you know, and um, I know there's like some pushback, like with the whole drift thing of being like, where's the utility, blah, 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 blah. And, and we were like, we don't need utility. And then Moonburns comes out with like a vague sense of utility and goes to 25 ETH. So apparently some people like utility. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's I, for, it's, it's a early. good topic to get into. I also have a drift because why not? I would never be able to afford a drift if I didn't take that chance. And it's a hell of a piece to have. And it goes to charity. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's all the utility I need. He never said that there was going to be any utility for it. Yeah. So it's kind of on the collectors at, in some ways of being like, you can't demand utility from an artist when he's not told you that there's going to be any utility. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I did see a lot of artists who are just like, art is the utility. And that's and it's like some people do rely on that utility factor. And if they tell you up front that that's a selling point, and some collectors obviously are looking for that. So I think artists and collectors both have to be clear on expectations and like what, what we're getting here. And sure, you can announce it later if you want to surprise people and like whatever you want to do. But I think everybody's just got to take a step back and realize that people are going to do what they want to do with their art. You know, it's like, it's either going to have utility or not. And that can be a buying factor for you or not. You don't have to buy everything. Yeah. I also think like, like artists that like don't, don't, sell yourself short like your work can be more than just the work itself you know like you like you can explore avenues of utility and, and structure however you want to explore it like I, like I understand like the rallying cry behind behind like art is utility I, I understand where that comes from as creators but like I think like part of me is like you were allowed to think bigger too as artists we don't have to be just stuck into like all I can do is this craft I think we're going to see a whole generation and probably in the next two to three years of, of artists that became founders, you know, and I think there's a lot of people that some people that are already kind of doing that, you know, like I think Buck Render is kind of uh, really pioneering that of the bunch, you know, like uh, yeah. already. I think we're just going to see more and more people 
venture off into that space. Um, and yeah, I mean, as much as I, I, I agree, like yard doesn't need utility. Um, I think it's artists should be allowed to explore that as well and, and find cool ways to, to do it. Cool, new, unique ways even. So, so yeah. I think the word as well, utility is like, it really counts for a lot more than just like, I mean, it could be, you don't have to like make a coin. Like it doesn't have to be a drift coin or a fuck coin or whatever. You could just have a print, you know, like that's utility in a way or like merchandise. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And a lot of people have blueprints out there to follow, but you can make up your own way of having utility. Like I've, I saw some people that were complaining about it when they've also done drops with collector rewards. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a utility in itself of like, I have this token that allows me to get into this other drop for an additional token. It's like, that is a utility and that's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ness does that. I mean, Ness was a collector's key. Um, I have a key. So, so I like that utility. I think like airdrops are easy ways. I'm going to do that with 404 actually. Like 404 is like about the art, but it also gives me like an avenue to potentially play with utility. And I just like the, the larger narrative there um, and the potential to kind of, kind of mess around with that. It's also all uh, ERC 1155. So I can like change it up on the fly. So maybe images burn out of nowhere. Maybe the metadata changes out of nowhere. Uh, I think it's like a really fun way to play with the story and a narrative. And you can infuse, uh, you can infuse utility that way. Um, and, but yeah, and then on the flip end, I have like simpler times, which is just art, you know, like that's just like my art series. And I can, I love having these different avenues to play around with. And, um, yeah, I think just, it's just whatever up to whatever artist's preference. And to be honest, I mean, Hey, like the, the greatest utility is that the price either stays the same or goes up. So if we're able to do that, we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. And I get 404 not found. You could like completely remove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's actually what happened with because I mentioned I think the original four of four on that uh, that old uh, uh, collector's custodial wallet on on Nick's place. Yeah. So the original four of four burnt. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's it's just like tricky, right? Because I mean, well, it's not. It's to the point where like you guys, you know, part of the artistic process is like conceptualizing, right? So you can always like even if it's just an access point, like that's the simplest type of utility or, you know, kind of coming up with something on the fly. It's, I don't know, man. It's a lot of people just think that they're jumping in and buying NFT an NFT. That's going to just, you know, immediately go up and it's just not how it works. But like, I mean, you could have done that. Like if you bought an X copy and sold it, you know, within seven days, like you just, you just don't know. And a lot of people I think come in with like, ill expectations um just from like a, a ground level perspective but i don't know man it's not something i, I worry about he, he he's collect he's a big in the um the threesomes game with another tez artist that um he's you know super invested in and that's like all utility but their art is dope like like he mm-hmm. does the paintings on on baseball cards and they're just they're mm-hmm. crazy they're crazy and you know it takes so much skill to do that but like the actual you know, gamified control that's behind it. Like you can't quantify that just by, you know, setting a market and doing it. You know, there's, there's good utility and then there's minor utility. There's just so much utility that, that, you know, people need to actually think about before they're investing in something. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think like, um, yeah, just know what you're getting into or, or, or like, yeah, don't, don't, don't stress it too much. Like, I think that's when, that's when this, this drama comes when people way overextend themselves and are like, oh shit, I spent more money than I should have. Ah, where's the utility? Where, like, can the right, right. Oh God. They're the same people that scream about the floor that scream about when Lambo, it's all the same person. It's like worried about that stuff. Just, <laughs> Just being an informed consumer. <laughs> yeah. It's one guy. He's really loud. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's like an evolution too. Like, I think we're a new market and like, which is people learning kind of like where they fall on the risk, risk spectrum, like how things actually work. Like not everything you meant is going to be the board of Yacht Club or, or Azuki or whatever, you know, and, and just, just, just being aware of that. And when you get your wins, it's like, oh shit, you got, you got, you really want to hold it. Uh, but um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just, I mean, it's just fun for, for me, I consider it fun, but I also had a big win with the board of Yacht Club. So I'm like not chasing that massive flip game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is nice. And I hope everybody, I hope everybody gets that some way down the line, you know, because I think it really helps ease out your perspective 
Um, for sure. Did you know about crypto before you got into NFTs or like, what was that like for you? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I knew about crypto initially from like a 2013 podcast that Joe Rogan did with like Anton Antonopoulos. Um, and, uh, had it got bought like a little ASIC, ASIC miner at the rig. And I probably have like 0.25 Bitcoin on some old laptop that I can never recover. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I, and then I went dormant for a little bit, came back in 2017, like, or like kind of like, uh, spring 2017, uh, cause some people in my office were, were really into it and, uh, and I'm getting like, yeah, Ethan Bitcoin mainly off of Coinbase and then saw that whole boom and then that crash, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, I, that's when I really fell in love with the, the overall kind of concept of, of crypto, though. You know, like it, it was like I, was, I got like really into it, just like just the overall kind of concept of like be your own bank, self-sovereignty, uh, kind of what is currency. Um, and then that came back in DeFi summer, kind of 2020. Um, and I actually had like a client within crypto that that summer, too. And so, yeah, there's a lot of conversation about it. I remember I was like buying like like Chainlink at like two and a half bucks because he gave me a tip on it and then it went all up to the way to 50 bucks and that was really cool and now it's like 13 bucks and hasn't moved since uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah so I, i've been like always like yeah i've been i've been vaguely in and out um and now like really really in really kind of since summer 2020 is when i got like very into it thank god because i mean like we didn't even know what a metamask was or anything like that we were flying blind because we got started on nifty gateway so it was all like mm. credit card transactions and then then we got into OpenSea and other places, and we um, well, dived in. <laughs> I do have I do have a Fortmatic wallet that my original uh, Super Air account yeah. is on, and and I tried to transfer myself out of it once I realized how like I like I don't even know what the seed phrase for this thing is. Like I just can go on my computer and it remembers to log me in. <laughs> so, like, That's just, so scary. It was set up like that for so long, and it's just so stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, we, I think we were, you know, we weren't crypto native, but we were aware of it. I've, you know, fucked around with a lot of stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man, it, setting up a MetaMask was so foreign and just like, you know, trying to explain that to some people, like they just like, will never get past that point where it's like, okay, what do I have to do? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I cannot set up a wallet. I can't hold the wallet. Well, you can hold the wallet if you get a physical wallet, hardware wallet. What's a hardware wallet? <laughs> like, like this conversation. It's a USB stick that can have millions of dollars on it. Like what? <laughs> yeah. We'll never lose it. Like you got to have some sort of like air tag on it or something. That scares the hell out of me that I'll lose my ledger. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at my ledgers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stay right there. <laughs> Very close proximity. Um, yeah, I mean, it is weird. I mean, like it, it is, I mean, especially when you get into layer twos and stuff, I think we're so far off for like that side of mainstream adoption. Like, like I don't know, like Polygon or all that kind of, like I think a lot of people can understand, like create a MetaMask, uh, this is a custodial wallet, you own it, et cetera. Like I think people can get like through that phase relatively quickly you know i think i think one of the scariest things is like when you send when you send some money and you're just like oh shit there's like a, a five to ten minute lag before the transaction goes through you have to pay for like, it <laughs> what's gas <yeah. laughs> exactly i think like once you once you get past that stuff i think it's easy to understand once you get in the layer two it gets like really confusing um and switching networks and stuff like oh yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah i don't know how that will but at the same time, like the internet was like really confusing, like back in the day. I remember like we had computer classes when I was like in, in elementary school and like the internet was not really easy to use. We had to type in the whole website, like HTTP, like forward slash, blah, 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 you know, and it was, and it wasn't that usable. So I, I kind of feel like Web3 is kind of in that, in that range right now of development, you know, a lot of excitement, people are stoked, um, but it's, it's nowhere near as like, as as usable as I think it will be. And I think some of that just comes with like time and and comfort that comes with that time. Yeah. And and you said it earlier too, just like like, like you you don't plan on stopping or like doing this forever. And and also like that it's, you know, you say it, but like it's such a such an early point in like this technology in general. Um to where, you know, I, I think we look at our stuff that, that we collect and kind of sit on it long term and you know, think more five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. Um, mm. I mean, dude, we recorded like the, this, is, this is, we recorded when I, I bought a board ape, I flipped a board ape like six months later, I bought it in April. 
made pretty good money on it, but we recorded when Tyler, uh, when I bought it and we, we listened to it the other day and, uh, we didn't know how to like search by floor. We had no idea how to even use OpenSea at the time. So yeah. it's like, it's like, what is OpenSea? And like, how do I do it? I declined to buy one for like <laughs> 0.4 ETH. I was like, no fucking way. Dude. Why am I going to buy this monkey J? Like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, we, the, actually the biggest part of the conversation was, um, the fact that the utility that came with it would be merchandise that you could buy clothes with it. I was yeah. like, cool, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> hey, that's a great utility you can offer in this space. It's like a cool hoodie. Like that is like, come on, you can't ask for anything more than that. Um, that was a crazy time though. Like that was like, it, I was talking about that the other day with somebody, but it was like, nobody knew that that project was going to blow up. I mean, like even like CryptoPunks seemed nutty at that, that time. It was like, they're like 20 ETH. And we're like, why are people, this is crazy. Bordage could never <laughs> go to 20 ETH. You know, and just like seeing, I mean, I'm really stoked like that, that I was a part of that journey, you know, and, and still am, you know, cause it's like, it was like something that was a truly organic rise. This was before like the whitelist kind of like the, the whitelist at all this farming kind yeah. of days. This is like before the, the really the, the hard, the high price Dutch auction kind of shit that we see now. Um, you know, this was this was when projects weren't really massively hyped, like in that that PFP space or even really anything utility space. Uh, and yeah, like the, the first days, I don't remember, like you guys remember, but like yeah, just hanging out in a clubhouse and like screwing around and and just uh, feeling way overexposed to the NFTs, even though like that's <laughs> that much. But I felt that, you know, I, I so felt, overexposed. Yeah, <laughs> two and a half ETH, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is scary. Yeah. But um, it's done well. So I'm <laughs> pretty stuck on that. Worked out. Yeah. We were, we were like flipping back then. We were just like, thought we were going to keep flipping our way through. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, we didn't have a lot of disposable income to like really just be throwing at anything that wasn't an investment. So Nifty mm-hmm. Gateway saved our asses for about three months there where it was like you, anything you bought was like yeah. the, next, the next day. Like we went, we bought three uh, Justin Roiland pieces from one of his original drops and we moved the entire floor where they were like, 500 bucks a piece. We're like, let's buy three of them and see what happens. And then they just shot up to like 2,500 bucks. And then we were just like in a stupid, like, <laughs> we were trying to get some utility out of it because it said that you were able to mint something else if you own three. <laughs> and we just sent, we still have them to this day. So <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out the way we planned, but now we have, uh, you know, the creator of Rick and Morty's little sketches, yeah, little doodles. Can, yeah. yeah. Yep. Good times, man. Good times. So, like, what's your, um, in terms of like your creative process is kind of totally flip it on you, but um, do you see a difference like compared, like compared to what you're doing now with NFTs to what you were doing before or, you know, doing any type of client work what's your kind of, you know, mindset when you're creating at this point? Yeah. Hmm. I, um, it's very different than client work, you know, like, like I'm working for myself now. Um, I have like relatively like a business structure going into that, like outside of the creative process. But then I think, um, I tend to always kind of have the ideas of what I want to do at this point before I sit down and do them, you know, like, uh, it might not be super high fidelity, but like, I'll know, like, like, like I just made the new, um, like 404, like O type, uh, piece that I'm going to use as an addition drop uh, on the fourth. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, again, I knew that I, and I knew I wanted to do that for like, I don't know, like a week <laughs> before I sat down and do it. So there's, there's 10, there tends to be that kind of like backlog of like, I might be working on something, but I kind of know what I want to do next. Um, and then I like that kind of process. Cause it makes me think like, well, how do I want to do this? Like, what do I want to add? What do I want to try new? Um, and then when I sit down, then it's kind of like, try to set up vaguely what I, what I wanted to do originally. And then after I get past like that bare bones, it, then it's just like, okay, now what do I really want to do? And then I kind of just essentially freestyle where that wants to go in my own head. Cause I, 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 I think working with CG, it's like, I, you only have so much fidelity of exactly how, or at least for me, like how, what I actually want to make, you know, it's kind of like 50% of the way there. And then when that's done, then it's kind of like, I can see the full picture once those kind of bones are there. And, uh, and I, kind of work towards what that ends up being and kind of allows that room for experimentation, you know, and, and I, and that's my favorite part, you know, once, once the kind of bones are set up of a piece, like to like be like, okay, well now what can we do? Like what, what can I do different? Oh, I like I found this little thing. Like, I really like, like the way this, I don't know, this thing in 404 is like kind of 
uh, refracting off of everything. Like I'm gonna explore more of that. Or like simpler times, it's like, oh, I really love the way this like line like like kind of grounds the composition. Let's build off of this line that I didn't expect to make, you know, like originally. And I think, um, yeah, there's a bit of that. And then um, typically after a piece, I think is mostly done. Like I will, I'll do a render, and then I like to kind of go to sleep and then wake up and then like make final decisions um, off on a fresh kind of like 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 on a fresh mind, you know? So like, I don't like to finish, finish a piece and like be like, all right, it's done, time to post it. Like if I finish say at like six o'clock or like seven o'clock or, or later into the night, like I like to just like, all right, shut down. Uh, I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna like reevaluate that. And sometimes that kind of like fresh mind really helps detail pieces, you know? And, and I've had like a couple examples where it's like, I mean, I've changed like whole color palettes on, on simpler times. I've like, um, just really dialed in stuff a lot with that like night of sleep. Um, I think that's good too. I also think like weed's great for that too. Like I think anything that could separate yourself and kind of give yourself a fresh opinion on work that you've been staring at for a while, whether it's sleep, whether it's whether it's weed, whether it's just, just like some time away from the computer, like is really helpful and um, almost essential in pretty much all my work. I like the zero, if you're at 0%, you can see the 50% in your mind. And then when you get the 50%, down in the software, you can see the other hundred percent. I mm -hmm. think that's awesome. And then the, the tweaking along the way, obviously, and taking a fresh look at things, like how many, have you ever had to send something back a couple times and like re-render stuff like three or four times? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think sometimes, and sometimes like, I mean, I think we all have a bunch of works that we just like didn't end up posting, you know, and then go to the vault, like for a little bit, maybe, maybe see it down the road, but, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of simpler times works that way, um, for sure. Uh, a lot of times I'll do kind of re-renders. That, that also, sometimes also probably takes me the longest out of all my series, like to kind of get the way I want. Like typically I'll spend like a week on it, on a simpler times where like uh, Ventures and, um, and 404 will probably take me like two days to do a piece. Like, um, so so yeah, there's a lot more on, on those, on that end. Um, but yeah, it's just the style is different. Um, and I don't know, my process is a little bit different, but it's just elongated. It's it's like, like, like ventures, it's like, all right, raw composition, give me the light, give me, give me like something that like I vibe with really quickly. Like four or four is very abstract, like very like experimental. Um, and simple times like it's like all about composition, you know, and and it it seems relatively minimal, but I think sometimes I mean all my series are relatively minimal outside of four or four, but I think like composition is like yeah, can take a lot of time and can make all the difference in the world, in my opinion. So, so yeah. So do you catch like, like inspiration, like at random times for, for different series or is it a little bit more calculated to like, I, I want to dedicate some time to this now, or, or have you ever come across a point in time where like, okay, I have this idea. I need to start working on it now. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's all across the spectrum, to be honest. Like it's uh, sometimes it's, it's like, oh shit, like, like, I see something and I'm like, this could be a great kind of wireframe for adventures. Like I want to do this now. Um, other times it's ideas that have been in the background for months, you know, and, and they just kind of come to the forefront uh, randomly or, or I just sit down and actually want to try to tackle it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just all really honestly all over the spectrum. Um, typically I have like a little bit, the inspiration will strike like maybe like a week or so before that I kind of, I mentioned earlier and then, um, I'll actually sit down and start making that later on, but, um, yeah, sometimes it just happens like literally in the morning. <laughs> so, so I don't know. <laughs> so you said you were using cinema 4d. Is there other software that you use dependent on the collection you're on or mostly in the same softwares? Uh, it's mostly cinema 4d and octane and then also all the Adobe stuff. So like, um, like to some degree, Photoshop, uh, Lightroom, uh, After Effects, uh, pretty much the whole gamut is kind of used for what it needs to be used as. And yeah, so it's basically Adobe CC and then, um, yeah, Cinema 40 and Octane are, are, are my bread and butter. Hell yeah. When it comes to like the uh, experimental phase of this process, how often do you find yourself just like scrapping stuff or like, like uh, this just isn't working or is it, or is that kind of the whole point of, of I guess, that part of, of the creating process? Yeah, it's frustrating, you know, like it, 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 it does get frustrating, like for real, like it happens a lot on 404 where I'll be like, this just isn't working the way that I wanted it to work. Um, and I mean, yeah, probably, I mean, almost like every other 
4.4 like has probably had a scrapped version, you know, that just was like, <laughs> this isn't, like, this isn't where I wanted to go. Um, yeah. And then also like trying to reinvent stuff on 4.4 can also be difficult. And that's, I think it's frustrating, but it's sometimes it's good, you know, like you need that, like, like that series in particular, isn't, I don't know, <laughs> it's not meant to be like easy, you know, like, and you're not, you're not going to find new things if you just kind of just go the easy route too. But there is frustration sometimes when stuff doesn't work, but um, it's okay to scrap shit too. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it, like, if something's not working, like I'd much rather like not force it. Like, and it's what's great about the, the difference between client work and personal work um, in terms of NFTs is like, I can scrap shit and I have no problem with it. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times in, in client work, it's like, you have to make this shit work. You yeah. force it to work. <laughs> yeah. So, so I really enjoy that, that part of NFTs um, for sure. What was the last client job you did before you were like, I'm closing up shop? Um, I did a bunch of stuff for, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Uh, it's like permanent builds for um, some stuff in New York. So I think that will probably come out in a year or two. And then I did yeah. like. That's a long time. Uh, yeah. to, to sit on a shelf there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, like the, like the, a lot of the physical stuff, and this was for kind of like a, just a bigger kind of like holding company and, and like a four, four, it was for like a fortune 500 companies, like new headquarters. And they want like public art installations within it. Um, that's things, awesome. Yeah, that's fucking cool. And those things just take a long time, you know, cause it's like, they have like a long term, like it's like three years, like a shit ton of money, you know, and then it just takes. Yeah. How does that work? So I forgot that you do physical artwork. So you make like sculptures. I, I tend to do like the, the concept design for them, you know, yeah. and, and then you tend to work with like a, a fabricator and engineer um, to, to kind of bring them more to life. And then, yeah. And then sometimes they become real things. <laughs> so um, that's awesome. Do you have a 3d printer? I feel like you'd like to do that too. No, I actually don't have a 3d printer, but yeah, we, um, we, we don't 3d print a whole ton of stuff. I mean, you, you do a little, some of that's involved, but like, like VR is a good tool for kind of pre-visiting um, what like environments look like. Um, and yeah, just 3D is great in general. Cause I mean, 3D is like essentially like you're walking around in, in, in some digital world. And I mean, just translates really easily to environmental design uh, in general. That's like, I don't think anyone else we've talked to does stuff like that. So that's really unique. I was like, do you get to pick like the textures of, of everything or like, does the fabricator kind of get some idea on that? Yeah. Well, they gave you kind of like, like, like you, like for me, like I'm, I'm primarily like an artist, you know? So I think sometimes it's like, I don't know exactly what um, is even doable. So it's kind of like, yo, like what are our options here? Like what is like possible? Um, a lot of times it's like similar materials. Like, you know, like, you know, if you want a metal, you know, if you want a wood, you know, if you want like, like something like almost like a MacBook, like ionized, like steel, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then they'll open your eyes to what's practical, what's in budget. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, so for me, like, yeah, working with great partners in that space, I mean, primarily being an artist or, or a creative director kind of role, like um, is really nice. And I think like, that's what makes projects go really well when you have a good relationships with your technicians, you know, like you never want to like abuse people or think like, if, if you're, if you're like going to it being like, yo, anything is possible, just make it happen. Then I think a lot of those types of projects can, can fail or become lackluster. Like you really want to have re relationships uh, and understand uh, your, where like your vendors or your like engineers or even artists too, like where they're coming from. I think that helps a lot on any project. So it would make sense, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, where your work's probably done early in that process. So it, that's why you were talking a year and a half, two years out and keep it under wraps. That, that, that's, that makes much more sense. Um, I guess this is a, a kind of a random question, but like it, it, looking at collecting from your side, obviously like when you're, you know, kind of reinvesting into the space, like, do you have like a different mindset, whether it's, you know, investing on like from a PFP to work that you like, or, you know, work supporting someone that you like, or, what's your thought process in terms of, you know, either how I'm putting my money back into the ecosystem or, you know, where am I trying to invest, you know, for myself? Do you, do you kind of have those different slotted mindsets? Yeah. I mean, mostly for me, like, I mean, I looked at with the board apes, you know, I still have two. Um, and I'm just like, okay, like, I'm just going to hold my, my win and my blue chip and, and it has a lot of profits to it. Like, I'm just going to count that as my win, to be honest. And the I'm, ape coin and the mutants and stuff. 
Yeah. And, and yeah. to be honest, I'm not really flipping or I'm not looking for like, like most entities and investments right now, mostly because of that one big asymmetrical win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll tend to buy a lot of kind of work from, from, from kind of friends and peers and people that I know, um, in respect as artists, you know, and, uh, really know that I'm not going to flip that, you know, want to put like, I think it's important for almost all artists to like, be like, all right, like it doesn't need to be a whole ton, but maybe it's like, all right, I'm going to put back in like two to five to 10% back into the NFT space. You know, um, I think that's like really in, important. It doesn't need to be a ton, but you know what I mean? Say like you have a killer year, you make 300 grand, you put 10% back in, that's 30 grand going to other artists. That's like amazing. You know, that that's, that's that. And I think that's the space that like that's the part of the space that I think we really need to kind of keep supporting each other and keep this thing going. You know, I think the moment everyone um, just kind of closes up shop and says, this is going to be all for me. Uh, it, it's kind of, it's just kind of a bummer to be honest. Like when I see people do that, um, yeah. some people get called out too, which is good. Yeah. It's like, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's kind of my, my route. Like um, I think in general, like I really hope everybody finds their asymmetrical win. And once you get that, it's like, hold on for that or hopefully get to like and, yeah. and get pulled off um but like that's like i mean in general that's what crypto is about too like people that have big wins in crypto like have those big asymmetric wins you know like um yeah 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 if you want if you want like 10 percent gains year over year just like go to the stock market and like just yep. just you know what i mean do that but uh we're in the risk reward area here yeah yeah, yeah. so that, i mean that's, that's my take i I, what about you guys? What, what's your guys' approach? Uh, well, we collect people we talk to on the podcast mostly. Yeah. And people <laughs> that we like get to know that we get that, that like we like, and then, you know, you get, you, you know, some sort of feeling from their artwork, right? Like that's the whole point. But it's also, I feel like important, you know, hearing perspective from someone like you where, you know, you're going to have a collector base that understands what your mindset is if you were in their shoes. And then also kind of hearing like the process that you go through in terms of, um, in terms of creating, like that's the type of stuff that the people who will dip their toes in won't like search for. Um, so like a lot of times there is like, there's like no regret when you're buying something, if you're buying something that you like really like and, and enjoy and, and bought for a reason. So, um, it's important in my opinion to hear kind of, you know, someone from your perspective, giving what, you know, your perspective would be from someone that's, technically investing in you so um hmm. it's it the one big win obviously like, like that I, I think gives you a good you know balance to be able to kind of you know go out and in and, and, and reinvest because it, it, it is putting the more that you put in like just the smallest amount can can make someone's you know week month like year you know what i mean just especially like artists to artists love where it's like you get the stamp of approval of someone who's established in the space and it's like can really lift up their career and like we've discovered a lot of artists off of like other artists being like hey do you know this person you should check this person out and we'll go and check it out like yeah i fucking love this let's let's grab one you know and like it's word of mouth really like we'll we'll see stuff on twitter where i'm like that's really cool let's check that out or Exulo told told us to go talk to Lush Sucks and like, well, I didn't even know about that. And, you know, it just, it's a chain reaction. So that's just what we're here for. Like it's, it's a lot of work if you want to go out there on your own and just scroll through endless pages of art. Like that's not really like art finds you in a way where you're like, you don't have to do that much searching for it. If you're just in the space, it'll come at you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's been my favorite part of the space, but there's a whole bunch of sub threads like that are like artist focused and stuff like um, where everybody can kind of come together and support other people. Um, and I think what's cool about like just being in NFT space in general, like you can support other artists without even um, having to buy stuff, you know, like, like retweets go a long way. That's it. Uh, like, 100%. A long way. And um just in general, I think that's what's been so rad about the space. I think that's what's so rad about Twitter. Um, it really creates this cool like network uh, effect where we can like, it's way easier to support people um, even without your money on Twitter than it is on like Instagram as an artist. Very true. Uh, the retweet function itself. Yeah. When like Instagram's algorithm seems to be focused on just stealing content from TikTok at this point. So <laughs> I, I, 
maybe that's my algorithm. I don't know. I got to figure that out on my own, but it's trash on there right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Different, different, but it had its day, man. It, it was, yeah, 2016. That was, those are some glorious days, but uh, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a watered down version of, of TikTok for sure. <laughs> it keeps me from having to download TikTok, I guess though. So there it is. Do you have anything on the horizon coming up? I heard you said something about an airdrop for 404, but anything else coming up? Yeah, I actually got like a pretty busy season coming up. So I have, um, it's going to be a 404 mix of airdrop in addition. So I'm going to do it with the first kind of collector's airdrop from uh, the series. So it's going to be like an addition of 44 because it's 44 works. And then um, to accompany that, there's going to be an, an addition to where anybody can buy and get like just entry into, into it. That's also going to be an addition of 44 um available for 44 hours anything that doesn't will burn anything doesn't go burn and, and i'll price that like like honestly that won't be that much it would be like either 0. 0.1044 or 0. 0.1404 like just i i and i like that like i want people to like be able to buy something and not stress it um and then also like hopefully that might have some sort of burn mechanic to it down down the down the road um but uh so yeah, so I have that. I have a uh, Sotheby's. Oh yeah, Sotheby's piece. Um, up I saw that. Yeah, how have we not <laughs> talked about this yet? <laughs> so that's on the twenty seventh. That that uh, and we'll see what happens there, which is exciting. Nifty Gateway on the twenty fourth of May, and then yeah, and then uh, that's your Genesis Nifty Gateway drop, right? Yeah, Nifty Gateway drop. Wow, so, that's yeah. right up your alley too, because like making an entire collection is like your jam. So. That's going to mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I think I'm going to uh, expand off of, I'm thinking I'm going to use Ventures kind of as the road. And because um, I think Ventures could work really well as additions. And I haven't really done any additions uh, for Ventures yet. So uh, that could be fun. And then hopefully play around with some new tricks or, or something within the series. And um, I'm stoked, you know, like it's always been like, well, Sotheby's and Nifty Gateway are definitely two big bucket list things for sure. So a lot's coming together all at once. Um, and then I'll probably go relatively quiet over the summer to build back up that demand a little bit. But um, yeah, it's going to be a busy season these next couple of months. Hell yeah, man. I'm excited for you. Those are two awesome milestones. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. Do you, do you ever like, like you're one of the few people I feel like we talk to that like, you know, are, are it, it seems like you have a ton of shit going on, but are you, do you ever get stressed about it? <laughs> like maybe she's deadline? pretty chill about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I think also like, like, I think, man, like doing the commercial kind of grind for so long, like really builds your chops up to stress management. Like it obviously yeah. is crazy stressful, but I think like, it, it just feels like normal life. You know, I've been doing it for like a decade at this point and um, it's gotten easier like throughout. And I think like, honestly too, like, there's a, there's a new selling pressure that's new to NFTs. Like when you would drop, there's a new sense of nerves, I think. Um, but on a production level, it's more chill than I think client work was. Um, yeah, very different on that level. But yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, I'm lucky I had, I mean, I had all those building blocks to get me where I'm at today. And then uh, I think that really helps a lot. Yeah, it's something that we see a lot now. It's just like, you know, everything that you did before led you to this point and you didn't realize it but there's so many tools that you know you can develop that translate so well to you know any aspect of the space so i mean that's cool to hear 100 yeah. well we really appreciate the time ryan and looking forward to all the drops coming up and we'll be uh eyeballing all of that stuff man yeah dude. yeah man. yeah thanks for having me on i really i really appreciate that yeah hit me up whenever you got yeah, myself we'll do yeah, he's on the next holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do exactly. The, why, why did we do a 420 holiday special? We, this was, Christmas one. we, we have a, a trip coming up this weekend. I'm all frazzled. We're trying to get all of our shit together. And like, <laughs> we definitely should have done something for 420, but we're slacking, man. No, nah, you guys got it. Like, like, thank you so much for what you do. You've definitely been listening to the podcast um, for a while now. So um, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for the support. Yeah. yeah. And if, you, uh, if you're got any any stuff you want to share on your nifty uh, drop that you're developing, feel free to shoot us over and we'll, we'll obviously, you know, be happy to share anything when you start doing some marketing. Cool, man. Yeah. appreciate that. Will yeah, do. Absolutely. I think this is, it's going to come out two weeks from two days ago. So in like 12 days. Awesome. Cool. I think it's the first of May or something. Second, somewhere around second of May. Second of May. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's like right when, right before the 404 edition drop will come out. So 
No. Come on back. Let's, oh. go. Let's go. Happy right. accidents. Let's go. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Nice to meet you, Ryan. Thanks. Bye. Damn, that's nifty. single line. I sure as hell didn't know that. Fuck Render built the gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Yeah, man. Too much lag like a nomad. All his belongings in a single bag. All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's NFT. That's NFT. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT Damn, that's a nifty NFT 